Okay, everybody. Now, today we have a very exciting show. Um, this is probably going to be a multi-part show, and I can almost guarantee at least two parts, potentially three, potentially four. Um, this segment is going to be called Let's Mix a Song. For the first time in the history of Recording Lounge, I will be going through and mixing a song from scratch to uh, f completion to show you basically kind of what I do every step of the process. Now, um, let me give you a little backstory. So uh, a podcast listener named Mark contacted me and wanted me to mix a song. And uh, I, I offer, at the end of the show, I always say, uh, or at least I sometimes say, uh, I, that I do freelance mixing and mastering if you are interested in it. Um, if that's the type of thing you're interested in, you can contact me and get rates and whatnot. Well, he contacted me and said, you know what, hey, uh, you know, I might not be able to um, afford you, blah, 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 I don't know, you know, what, what's your rate? So long story short, we talked, and it was like, listen, I love the song. I, I, I love the song. I will mix it. Um, we negotiated a price. And he said, okay, this is great, you know, but I also want to learn from it. And uh, through a long chain of events, it was just kind of like, well, how about I just do a podcast about it? Um, so you can learn from it. Other people can learn from it. And this everyone benefits, you know, and everyone gets to see the whole process. Now, um, again, uh, this is may, may not be the type of genre that you play or whatever, but um, this guy's name is Mark Pierce. And I have to say, I love I love his music. I've listened to his stuff on YouTube. Um and he's just a really nice guy. I've really enjoyed working with him on this project. And the song is now done, but I'm basically going back um, to now that the song is finished and that he likes it and I like it and, and we love how it sounds, um, we're going to mix it again. <laughs> and so you guys can learn from it and see what I did. What I'm going to play you right now is just basically completely naked Basically nothing done to it. I've turned down a couple of the tracks because a couple of them were a lot louder than the others. Now this song is called Gold in These Hills. And uh, you can check out Mark. Um, I'll give more info for his website and stuff like that later. But um, his name's Mark Pierce. He is from the UK. And um, this, is, this song is called Gold in These Hills. Check it out. land of my soldier doesn't want to take in she's shed nothing much of comfort just old parochial tales to believe in now I've asked for no favor just a chance for my voice to
Okay, so that's that. Now, as you can tell, some of the levels were all over the place. Well, these are just totally raw files. So uh, Mark has sent me some info um, about some of these tracks, so we can kind of listen to them. And uh, he sent the recording info. Basically, he's got a, from what I understand, a, a Focusrite Sapphire interface. And let's see here, the acoustic guitar, which was uh, one of the main instruments in the song. He says... Uh, was a Martin DX1E, mics around 9 inches pointed at the 12th fret using a Golden Age R1 active ribbon mic. Um, that's what this sounds like. Not bad, you know. Um, see here the bass was a just di squire five string jazz bass looks like yeah like this um the vocals let's see were a rode k2 tube mic an SE reflection filter and a duvet behind the vocalist so you know some treatments blankets however you want to say it um, and the vocals actually sound really nice I'm really happy with it Mike Mark has a great voice um, it, it's one of those voices that um, I don't know you hear and you just I, you feel comfortable listening to it I don't know if that makes any sense but it, it's not like 
so far out of the norm that it's like, oh, that voice is weird, but it's not so far typical where it's like, yeah, he sounds like everyone else, which I, I really like. Um, so here's what the vocal sounds like. On TV, withdraw my soul from the world. But I know that there's a big story written in me and the heart of my girl. And though every wisp of promise. Let's keep going. So the piano was synth, synth G Ivory 2, Steinway D. The string section were uh, Kirk Hunter pop strings. Violin was a real violin, mic 24 inches away with the R1 ribbon mic. The piano was, looks like, Sample Tech TR Jr. Um, that's the electric piano. Uh, the Rhodes whirly type sound. Um, it says uh, it's actually a Rhodes sample that's recorded through a Fender Twin. And uh, the drums were Tune Track Superior Drums using the classic EZX Yamaha recording custom kit with low tune snare. Tambourine was Tune Track Superior Drums Latin Percussion EZX. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So let's listen to those, okay? So we've got the piano and the... Yep, here's a grand piano. We've got the Rhodes swirly type sound. Some cool little things mixed in there. Um, now there are also two backing vocal tracks, which were the same vocal chain, I assume, as the uh, as the lead. Um, the strings we have three tracks of those. We have a cello track, viola, viola track, and violin track. Those three together sound like this. And for the lead violin, we have an actual real violin, and it sounds like this. And we have a flute track, which is sort of a little add-on, like little synth thing. Um, I'm assuming it's synth, it doesn't sound real, but uh, this is what it sounds like. And it's just sprinkled in at that part and then over here. Yeah, definitely not real, but um, can be usable in certain parts, we'll see what we can do. Uh, let's see what else we have. Then we have all the drums, all the drum tracks. So these are all, I asked Mark to split them out for me. So um, basically he was able to send me, rather than just a stereo mix of the drums, he was able to send me 
you know, snare top, snare bottom, kick in, kick out. And even though they're all samples, um, it's much easier for me to work with them when they're all split out. So you've got, you know, um, an ambience track. You've got a mono ambience track. A hi-hat track. Overheads. Kick in. Kick out. Uh, snare bottom. Snare top. And then we've got four toms. So we've got like... Uh, what sounds to me kind of like two racks and two floors. Those are the two floors. They're not panned or anything. This is a high one. Those are one, three, and four. And there's, I think, uh, there's only one hit on the second tom in the entire song, and it's right here. Yeah, so basically he's able to split all these out for me, and that's helpful. Oh, and there's also the tambourine, which, I mean... So, we don't have that many tracks. Uh, let me count these real quick. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. Twenty-five tracks. Um, I might have counted those wrong. Somewhere around there. Um, so. I could have played you, you know, the finished mix, but I'm not going to do that yet. Another reason I wanted to um, use this song um, as a reference for mixing is because a lot of the equipment that he used and a lot of the things he used are very representative of a lot of you guys probably at home. Um, you know, it's not the super high-budget stuff, but it's also not, like, the cheapest stuff you can find. Uh, and I feel like uh, from talking to you guys over email and, uh, you know, this is a very... These are very common things that, you know, a lot of you are in your budget. You know, Rode K2 is a, is a really decent tube mic for the money. And um, some of these other things, you know, these are these are not like $4,000 microphones and whatnot. You know, most of you guys are doing this at home or in small studios or project studios or things where you can't necessarily afford, uh, you know, $5,000 microphones or whatever. And that's great because... Um, you have to start somewhere, and you have to start at a place where you can get the best sounds with what you have. And very few people are fortunate enough to, you know, have a studio of their own. And yes, I have talked to some of you that do have studios, and you have a plethora of nice equipment. And, you know, great, but you started somewhere too, just like me, just like everyone else. So let me talk about a couple of things, what I usually do when I first get a mix like this. First thing I do is do what uh, I just did actually, which is uh, just listen to the mix all the way through. I might adjust some levels to kind of make it, you know, listenable. Like I said, some of the tracks were a lot louder than others, so I just kind of, you know, made it where it's a, it's a quickie, you know, five minute balance where I could hear everything a little bit. Um, I didn't do any pans or anything like that, I haven't done any gain staging, um, whatnot. All I've done is basically uh, put it up and listen to it. And uh, at this point, I will kind of uh, go through some concerns or questions that I have, you know, things like um, w what things bother me, what things do I want to fix, what are there any things that need fixing or editing or whatnot. Uh, one of the things I notice already is um, because there's a lot of synth stuff, uh, meaning, you know, virtual stuff like 
there's fake drums, uh, there's, you know, sample drums, um, the strings are not real strings, other than that, the lead violin, um, the piano, and the Rhodes are both, uh, you know, digital samples. Um, I want to try to minimize that as much as possible. I don't want these things to end up sounding fake. I don't want the, I want them to sound as real as possible. I want them to have ambience. I want them to have um, sort of a timbre that makes them seem more realistic, that makes them seem more um, like it's people playing, not just Mark doing his thing and, you know, just doing this in his bedroom or whatever. You know, I, I want it to seem like a band. Now, Mark uh, had sent me a couple reference tracks, things that he likes. He's uh, He likes James Blunt and um, a lot of sort of that sort of folky, you know, it's kind of pop, but not, not that pop. Um, and he told me that he wanted sort of a shorter ambience on everything, sort of like, like I just said, like a band in a room, you know, he wanted to, wanted it to sound like a band in a room. So another concern I have is that the, uh, you know, there's a couple of little notes on the vocal that needed some tuning. Um, I heard some pitchy notes on the violin and, uh, potentially some, a little bit of pitchiness on the bass, but nothing that really stood out directly, but I, I thought I heard something. So, you know, just initial impressions. Um, there were a couple parts on certain instruments that I thought I would probably mute, things I didn't necessarily like that I might take out. Um, for example, let's see, um, there was a little lick on the Wurlitzer that I didn't like very much, and... Um, there was a part on the violin that I wasn't crazy about, uh, and there was a part on the flute that I wasn't crazy about. Um, the flute itself is probably my least favorite instrument in this mix. It's just, I mean, it's okay, and I might be able to do something cool with it to make it fit in. Um, but, uh, these are just my initial impressions from hearing this. And, uh, yes, again, you probably remember me saying that I've already mixed this song, but these were my impressions then, as they are now also. So the first thing I'm going to do is just take care of the annoying stuff. So tuning. Um, I'm going to tune up the vocal. And really, I only want to tune up the notes that I don't like. And I also want to tune the backing vocals and make sure that those are all tight together. Um, because the more layers of vocals and stuff that you have, the more obvious tuning issues are. So I'm going to tune up, I'm going to tune up the lead vocals, the backing vocals. And I'm also going to tune up the bass, and I'm going to tune up the violin solo. Now that might sound like a lot of tuning. You might say, you know, that's ridiculous. Why, why you tune those things? Well, you know, I could go without them being tuned, but um, I would prefer them tuned. And that's, you know, every mixer is different. And for me, I don't, I don't go nuts with tuning on things. Uh, I might tune more things like more instruments, but I might not tune them all perfectly. I just want them a little bit closer. I don't. I want them all a little bit, you know, I would rather tune 10 vocals a little bit than one vocal a lot. You know, I, does that make sense? I hope, I hope so. I, I would rather, you know, tune all the vocals just a touch to get them a little tighter. Uh, I'll show you a couple spots that I'm concerned about. Um, here's one of them. So like, the time is right. For me to take flight and I know Cause there's nothing left here to say And you know, that's not bad. But it could be better. And there were a couple little spots like towards this end here. I can see why they love her and I wish I know it. 
But it seems that for men be like me There's no gold in these hills And remember that I don't want to remove the feel from this song. That's not my intent at all. Um, and Mark, luckily, is a great vocalist. I mean, his his pitch varies a little bit, you know, like any singer. But the feel of his voice is so good, and it feels meaningful. He sounds like he means it. So that's what really matters, um, which I don't have to touch that. I mean, I don't have to work at all to make his voice sound emotional, because it is which is a load off my mind, you know? A lot of times singers just, they have no feel, they have no emotion, you don't believe the singer. And uh, I believe Mark, what he's singing, I believe that he means it. The time is right for me to take flight And I know, cause there's nothing left here to say I can see why they love her and I wish her no ill Okay, so, you know, stuff like that. It could be better, especially with the backing vocals. could be tighter. Um, there are a couple spots, like on the violin, that particularly I thought needed a tune-up. I'll play the piano and the violin together so you can kind of hear what I'm talking about. The piano is a sample, so it's obviously perfectly in tune. Um, so listen to the section. See the violin's a little out. As you might notice, it's not like, oh my gosh, the whole thing's out of tune, but it's like, oh wait, there's that one note that, like, you'll hear it here, listen again. That, da, 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 that first note there. That was sharp. And again, that might be the only note I touch in this whole thing. You know, it's just little tiny things here and there that add up to make a big difference. So, you know, I, I never put auto-tune on things, really. I always tune it manually using Melodyne, just because I can just pick that one note that needs to be fixed, and I don't have to touch anything else. I don't have to, I don't have to mess with any of the other, like, notes, because some of them might be a little off, but they sound good, and they sound, you know, emotional or whatever, and so I can really only fix the notes that bother me, and that's what I want to do. So, um, this is like one of those cooking shows where you don't have to wait for me to uh, tune them. I've already got them tuned here. So, now what I'm going to do is play you the tuned vocal and the uh, backing vocals together so you can hear the difference. So, this is... Uh, I'll play you this third chorus here. This is untuned. The time is right for me to take flight and I know Cause there's nothing left here to say I can see why they love her and I wish her no ill But it seems that for men made like me So that's untuned and this is that same chorus um, tuned It's gonna be a little louder so just beware the time is right for me to take flight And I know cause there's nothing left here to say I can see why they love her and I wish her no ill But it seems that for men made like me
now you hear that difference. So again, I didn't have to go crazy on it. You don't hear it and say like, wow, that sounds really tuned, because it doesn't. Um, the point is, it, it just sounds tighter together, and especially when you have multiple vocals, you know, they really need to sound tight together. So, I used Melodyne, I tuned up some notes. Um, now, I got an interesting question, actually, on the, the Facebook page recently from a podcast listener who had asked me, you know, what do you do when you're trying to gain stage a track, and the song is really dynamic? So, you know, part of the song is super quiet and the other parts are much louder. Do you, you know, what do you do? Do you normalize the track, blah, blah, blah. So this is a great example of that question because this song is extremely dynamic and uh, there wasn't really any compression used on the way in or anything like that. So if you could see the waveform, you could see what I'm talking about, um, but you can't. But uh, basically the intro vocals are very low and then this note, he, this section here, which you would probably remember, me. There's no gold in these hands. Ah, uh, yeah, a lot louder than this, for example. This land of my soldier. So what I will go through and do is kind of adjust certain things like that before I really get my gain staging going. Uh, gain staging is the next step. It's what I do next, and so for example, there's a couple things that I see in the waveforms and that I've heard that are super different, you know, like, uh, for example, the vocal. The lead vocal is a lot different in those verses than it is in the choruses. So I will edit, uh, make an edit there, and bring up the volume of the verses just a little. I don't want them to be, you know, I don't want no dynamic movement, but I just want them to be all a little bit closer together. It makes it a little easier to manage. So I will do that first. So I will bring them all just a little bit closer. Um, I want to still see, okay, what's the biggest part? You know, I want to see the dynamics, but, you know, so now the difference is not as strong. Notice here. No air, but it seems that for man-made like me, there's no gold in these hills. That makes it a little easier to manage. So now I'm going to go through and sort of work with the tracks a little bit and um, make sure that all my gain staging is good. Uh, let's see, the strings are pretty low right now, so I need to bring them up a little. Uh, the acoustic guitar is pretty dynamic, but uh, I might bring up the intro just a touch. And again, all I'm doing right now is editing on the actual waveform. Um, I believe if you're using Logic, I don't think they have clip gain but I'm in Nuendo, and Pro Tools newer versions have that, but I don't know if the older versions do. Uh, the snare drum, for example, he starts here um, on a snare, but then goes to the side stick. So I'm actually going to turn up those side stick hits. So all I'm doing is editing. I'm just making a little cut before and after the section and turning it up on the actual waveform. And again, uh, in Pro Tools, you could do this with Audio Suite or whatever. And that's, you know, it's a lot better. It's kind of like pre-automation. Now, because that's the thing. Why am I doing it on the clip? Uh, because it's pre-insert. Automation is post-insert. It's post-fader. So I'm adjusting the whirly a little bit. Uh, let's see here. The flute is a little loud. Uh, the violin's fine. Strings a little quiet. I brought those up a little. Um, okay, so now I'm going to do my gain staging, which means I'm going to go through and listen to the whole mix again. I'm going to set all my faders to zero, 
and I am going to adjust, I'm going to adjust my insert gain, my trim gain, to match with the peak levels. And there's a whole show on gain staging, I believe, and uh, there's a whole part in my book about it, too. So I won't go into that. I could spend another 30 minutes just talking about it. So the idea is just to set a reference level for everything, so everything peaks at the same level. Basically, I've already done that. So what that means is now I'm going to play you the mix as it stands, which is tuned. So the bass, the backing vocals, and let's see here what else. Uh, the lead vocal have been tuned. The violin solo has been tuned. And I've done some editing. There are some par parts that I didn't like on the violin solo um, that I think needed to be switched around. And Mark agreed. We had talked about it. Um, there's no automation. Uh, there's a couple of little bass edits here in this verse um, just to make it a little tighter so listen just so you can hear this uh, this is verse 2 this is before edits and after the edits Those are just quickie edits, um, there's no phase, but um, that second verse I really wanted to distinguish from the first verse. I've also muted uh, this part on the Wurlitzer that I didn't like. It just seemed a little sloppy to me and I didn't really feel like I needed it. So I kept this first lick and then I muted this second one and then I brought it back in for this. Um, the flute. I've turned down the flute quite a bit and I've edited the uh, flute solo or the violin solo a little bit and let's see anything else that I've done now at this stage. Again, I haven't used any plugins yet. This is no no mixing really. This is just editing and arranging and adjusting some of the things. Um, let's see, I brought down the kick a little bit in the second verse, and I did bring up that, uh, that side stick, like I said. Um, so, let's see what else. Nothing else, really. I've done all my gain staging. So, this is what the mix sounds like. Gain staged, no plugins still, no reverb, no anything. Uh, just gain staged, and, uh, let's see here... Gain staged, and okay, it looks like I have flipped the phase on the snare top for whatever reason. Maybe I didn't mean to do that. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So this is what it sounds like right now. Now, you might be able to remember, I'll give you a quick clip of the old version, and I'll give you like a little bit of that, and then I'll play you the same section from the new mix. Um, that you'll hear. So here's the old version. Time is right for me to take flight and I know cause there's nothing left here to say. I can see why they love her and I wish her no fear but it seems that the man may like So that's the old. This is the new one that has been tuned and edited. So here's what it sounds like now. Time 
Okay, so another thing that I'm feeling is, he only did two backing vocals here, and another thing I'm feeling is I really wish that there were three. I wish that there were, uh, there was the lead, and then this guy, Time is right. the high backing vocal, but I wish these two low ones, or this low one here, Time is right. I wish that was two. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to duplicate the track, and you might have seen this uh, or heard this in the backing vocal show. I like to do this sometimes. Um, I'm going to duplicate this backing vocal track, I'm going to hard pan it, and I'm going to put a doubler on there. Uh, this is a waves doubler, and it can kind of uh, simulate a different singer. Notice this is just one by itself. Time is right for me to take flight, and I know, cause there's nothing left. And this is with both of them hard panned with a doubler on the duplicate. I can see why they love her, and I wish her no ill. Seen that for man may lie. Now again, it's not like, oh my gosh, that's a new singer. But again, it's all about the perception. It's 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 not perfect, you know. It's it's all about how the overall thing is perceived. So uh, together with the lead and the backings, I'll show you the difference. So here's the lead and then two backings up the middle like it originally is. The time is right for me to take flight and I know cause there's nothing left here to say. And this is with the low one doubled and panned. The time is right for me to take flight and I know cause there's nothing left here to say. I can see why they love her and I wish her no ill But it seems that for man made like me So I really like the way that sounds. So again, I haven't that's the first plugin I've got on here and that's a, a waves doubler. Um, and really any doubler will work. All it's doing is varying the pitch a little bit um, and it's delayed just a little bit and that's really it. Um, and again, that sort of adds and now that we've tuned tune to the backing vocals, that sort of adds a little bit of more realism to it because it's kind of like, oh, now they're not perfect together again. You know, you kind of go perfect and then you sort of make it less perfect. Um, the bass, again, has been tuned. Everything else has been uh, pretty much left alone. Oh, and the, and the violin's been tuned. So again, now let's, let's take a listen to it so far. Let's take a listen to at least a section of it to hear what we've got now that we've gotten these things tuned up and worked up. Time is right for me to take flight And I know cause there's nothing left here to say I can see why they love her and I wish her no ill But it seems that the man may like me There's no gold in these hills Pausing it quickly just to mention, I have done some uh, fader work, so fader and pan work. So a couple of things are panned, 
and there's some faders moving, uh, not automated, but uh, you know the, the things are up and down. I've done some balances. Again, no plugins other than that one doubler on the backing vocal, um, which I'm actually just going to end up printing and and not even using as an insert. I'm just going to print it and make it permanent. Um, and then there's nothing else. There's no other plugins. Just uh, some volumes and pans. So I'll let you keep listening. So one of the things that I'm noticing is uh, I'm wanting to add some cymbal swells in certain spots on this song. Um, really just a couple. So I'm going to go ahead and add those. And like So for example, this section here. I want that second half of the second verse to be a little more of a transition and make that second half a little more interesting somehow. So I added a little bit of a cymbal swell. This is just a sample that I've got. Just kind of a nice little transition there. Um, I also wanted to add one here that swells up and then stops and then crashes again. So check it out. This is without. And this is with. So it sounds like this in solo. So again, in solo it kind of sounds stupid, but together it makes sense. I also wanted to add one at the very end right here. Same type thing as in that second verse, just a little bit of a nice sort of warm transition like this. Again, it doesn't have to be very loud, it just kind of presents a feeling. This is what it sounds like again. But it seems that the no So those are just some things that I decided to do, and uh, so I did them. Um, in a lot of cases, I'm just being honest, it's inappropriate for me to add something to a mix. Now, if I'm feeling experimental, I sometimes will add something. Um, and generally what I'm talking about is like if I added a guitar part to this, like that would be inappropriate. That's not my job. I'm not producing this. Um, it's a little different to add percussion, but still in a lot of cases if you're mixing for somebody else, um, you don't, you shouldn't really add anything because they've thought about it. Now the one, t the one thing that I will generally try and add if I think that something needs to be added, I will either A, suggest it, um, or B, just 
try it if it's something very minimal. And these cymbal swells are very minimal. They're not very loud. Um, and they're not a new element. I mean, there's already drums in the mix. You know, if there was like, if there was no drums in the mix and I added some drums or percussion, then that would be a new element. But there's already a drum set. It's really just a continuation of the drums um, and what, just a little bit of a change in the part. So just be careful of that. You know, if you're mixing a song for someone else, if there's something that you think that it needs, you don't just add it, you know, talk to the person first. So, a couple of things that, again, come to my mind. I, I want to start making this mix sound a little better. and But it's amazing, really, how much better it sounds already than before. So, this is, again, a little to remind you. This is what it sounded like before. And after tuning just a few things, the bass, the backings, and the lead, and the violin, it sounds like this. Now yes, the fader balance is a little bit different, because like I said, I've got sort of multiple mixes in this one session. Um, but there's no EQs or anything, you know, the only difference is that there's some panning, and uh, there's some different fader moves. But it sounds a lot better just having things tuned. And I feel like getting that stuff out of the way, getting the edits and the arrangement stuff done first before you do anything is really important because it kind of helps you ignore less. You know, like, if there's something that sounds bad, you're kind of like, oh, man, I'll just turn that down. But if something sounds good, if something sounds, you know, tight or edited right, you really are like, man, yeah, that sounds good. So I know that's kind of an odd way to put it, but basically, you know, if something, if the track, if every track sounds good, then, you know, you don't ignore anything. But sometimes if, if there's a track that's out of tune or whatever, you're kind of like, oh, I'll just turn it down. Well, in my opinion, it would almost be better just to tune it um, than to turn it down, because sometimes, you know, you need it. Sometimes, you know, this isn't a very big session. This is 24 tracks, something like 25 tracks. So... Um, you know, I, I think it's made a big improvement, long story short. So, let's see, the first thing I want to really do is get the drums working. And again, I've already sort of developed this sort of basic balance for them, and this is kind of what it sounds like. There's a little too much room mic in there for me. I'm going to uh, actually narrow those room mics a little bit. They're a little too wide for me. And I think I'm going to, let's see here, I'm going to EQ the overheads a little bit, and a little more prettiness to the overheads. And I, I might narrow those overheads too. I don't really want a super wide drum sound for this. So, how about this? Snare needs a little help, so I will... I'm going to add a little bit of bottom into the snare. It's really all I need. I, the snare sound, again, because these are samples, I don't want to go crazy on, on processing them. I really want to just focus on, you know, working at one thing at a time. Just if something needs a little more low end, I'll add it. So here's the snare. I'm going to add a little more low end. And the kick, see, so you're going to add 
take out some of this honkiness on the kick. This is the kick as it stands right now. So I'm going to take out some of this. Some of this stuff. That's junk. Taking that out. It's about 800. Adding a little top end. Taking out some 140. Boosting a little 82. Turn that kick up just a little bit. And I compress the kick too. Just get a little more punch out of it. Yeah, it's good. And I'm going to EQ the kick outside too. Really just need some bottom end on that. I'm going to align that phase a lot. Looks like it's about 90 degrees out. According to this. Okay, uh, toms. Let's see. I didn't really think the toms needed tons of EQ. Again, we want we're going for a pretty natural sound here. We don't want it, things to sound too overdone. Um, this big floor is a little wimpy though. Add it just a touch more low end. Yeah, that's a little nicer. So. Okay, so I've actually decided to go audience perspective on these drums, which I very rarely do, but I've decided to on this track um, just to be different. <laughs> so that means my first rack tom is panned 50 right. My second rack tom is going to be 25 right. First floor is 25 left, and second floor is 50 left. So together these toms kind of sound like this. So nothing crazy. And I usually do end up EQing the drum bus also. Um, and compressing a little bit. So right now I've got... This is my basic drum sound. So on the master bus of the drums, or on the master drum bus, however you want to call it, I've got a little EQ, I'm boosting a little bit at 4K, just, I mean, a decibel, literally, um, shelf. And I'm cutting a little bit at 200. It's getting a little muddy around there. 
I've got a API 2500 uh, compressor. Just kind of tap in a couple dB to kind of even things out a little bit. I've got a little bit of room reverb going on, but not much. Just it looks like 9% wet. I mean, just barely in there to kind of just glue everything together. And um, I've got, let's see, slate tape machines to kind of add some thickness. And This is kind of my basic drum sound. Again, I don't want it to sound... I don't want it to sound like really overdone. I want it to sound really natural. Another thing to keep in mind too is that these are sampled drums. So like sample drums already kind of sound like mixed. They're kind of already halfway mixed. So like you don't need to do a lot to them. Um, so let's listen to this and the bass together. On the, see uh, earlier I had said I want to narrow up the uh, room mics. I'm using a plugin called Synoxys Stereo Tools. And basically it allows you to zero the width below a certain frequency and as well as adjust the width of things so I've on the stereo room mics I've brought the width down to 40 percent which is I mean think of it as the equivalent of like panning 40 40 uh, you know 40 percent left 40 percent right as opposed to 100 100 that's kind of what that means so now it's uh, you know the overhead the room mics are now 40 40 and I've brought the width zero below 200 Hertz This is before and after. And I did the same thing on the overheads. Uh, I brought it in pretty narrow, basically zero. So it's basically a mono overhead at this point. Luckily the bass sounds pretty good with the drums, even as it stands. Um, I'm going to put on some slate tape machines to uh, get a little bit of subtle distortion out of this bass. And this bass is not terribly uneven, but um, I'm going to add a little bit of... I'm going to cut a little bit at 300 hertz on the EQ. Filtering off some super top end. I've got a low pass filter at 6k. a touch of bottom end, 2db shelf, and let's see here, I'm going to boost a little around 112, looks like, about 4db, and I'm going to add a compressor, so my compressor right now I've got uh, 4 to 1, about 10 millisecond attack, actually about 8 millisecond attack, about 380 release time. Just compressing a little bit, a couple dB. This is a quiet section, compressing about a dB or two here. There's a little bigger right here. Compressing about 4 or 5 dB here. Keep it nice and even with the drums. And again, I, my goal is not to do too many crazy things with this. I want the drums and the bass to sound natural. Add in these cymbal swells.
Okay, now in comparison, now you can hear that the acoustic is really dull. So, I'm gonna add a little bit. I'm actually gonna add a denoising plugin to this acoustic. It was a little noisy, so. Um, try to get rid of some of this noise. I'm gonna add a little top end to this. We got about 4 dB up at 12k, about 2 dB down at 4k, um, and actually just a touch at 1k. Um, high pass filter on the acoustic at 90 hertz, and cutting out just a touch around 350, about 2 dB. I'm also going to compress this acoustic. This needs, this can actually stand a decent amount of compression. I'm going to go with some fairly low ratio, and uh, So I'm going 3 to 1 ratio, 25 millisecond attack on the acoustic. Um, I usually would go faster than that, but on this particular one, I, I kind of like the way this sounds. Um, I'm doing parallel, so I've got about, I've got some of the dry signal blended in. Release is about 500 milliseconds. I'm compressing, at least in this intro, about 2 to 3 dB, and I bet towards the end here, I'm compressing about 8 dB down here. But again, it's pretty low ratio, and um, it's not 100% wet, it's 90% wet. Um, so you get a little touch of the original attack blended in. But again, um, this song is super dynamic, so I wanted to control the dynamics a little bit more. But we can hear, and now that should probably sound, the drums, bass, and the acoustic should probably sound a little better together. Now, so here's the acoustic before I just did any of that stuff. I know I kind of am going fast, but this is before. This is after. Again, it's all pretty subtle stuff. I mean, it's not crazy. I'm not doing anything crazy here. Okay, so that's the end of part one. Basically, we've got our our sort of setup ready. Um, we've got our basic frame, which is sort of bass drums and an instrument. Uh, really, next thing um, is going to be the vocal. And I might usually start with the vocal. Sometimes I don't. On this mix, I didn't. Um, but a lot of times, I do start with the vocal. But the next thing we'll do is uh, get the vocal going and keep going through the rest of the mix. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. Stay tuned for next time.